Welcome in everyone and thank you for listening to the 143rd ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast. Brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm doing great, Cameron. i got to give you an update on okay. my MLB The Show. Oh, yes. <laughs> experience. finally made it to the majors. Oh, Wrong. Bad. No. <laughs> oh, I thought you already it's knew so, that. It's so sad. Um, I... I told you guys, actually, I, I pitched a no-hitter oh, okay. in AAA, and we won the national championship as the Memphis Redbirds, and I still have never been invited to the to the big leagues. Maybe. Is it I called think, the national championship? Yeah, that's it actually said that. Like really? I, I, yeah, it's like, you won the AAA national championship. Oh, wow. And it was, one, it was a one-game series. The other I games were like were, uh, three games or whatever. It's like once you get out of your conference or whatever, then you just play one just game. just a one-game championship. Yeah. But, so is it time to bail? Is it time to give up? What do you, th- what do you say? I, I say start a, new, start a new campaign. Put a lot of time and effort and tears and sweat. Well, now you know. That's that's what happens sometimes. You get stuck in the majors. Yeah. This is like a little too realistic. Like stuck, <laughs> you, stuck in the stuck minors. In the you're minors. you're never going to make it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, somebody in the Cardinals organization like has it out for Seriously. you. Seriously. They are not letting you break through. Yeah. Well, our thoughts are with you, Kyle, during Thank this you, difficult man. time. Thanks. Um, hopefully... Yeah, I'd say just abandon it. <laughs> I was telling you the other day, I started a new playthrough with a closer for the Oakland Athletics, got called up to the majors the first September, and then was full-time closer starting a year two. There you go. It's all about that Coming depth. for all the records, yeah. They actually had Trevor Rosenthal on their roster. Really? But he was like 34 years it's old or something. a name I've heard in a while. And so he, after that first season, he was no longer on the roster. So I was the number one closer. Well, that's your uh, MLB The Show update for today. Um, before we get into the fun Mizzou topics, need to remind everyone to check us out on YouTube. Subscribe there if you would like. Uh, leave us a comment. Leave us a like. Leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice. And don't forget you can support the podcast directly on Patreon at patreon.com slash Pod. Kyle, what all do we have to talk about today? We've got some uh, we've got some players leaving Mizzou football. Mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest topic of conversation today. Um, I want to I want to push that back just for a moment because I have a basketball related thing that doesn't really go with anything else we're going to talk about. And that was this uh, tweet you sent us from John Rothstein Rothstein, and he said. I thought this was just interesting enough to uh, talk about for a minute here. He said, sources, multiple mid-major programs are opting to not play guarantee games against high major programs because it gives power conference teams a free live evaluation of future players who could move up via the transfer portal. Uh, yeah, I think that's really quite silly. Um, that was my first reaction. Was, if, that's ridiculous. If there's really coaches that think that um, for so many reasons, um, because first of all, video exists, and we're gonna hear about like, oh, you had a player average twenty points a game. Well, okay, let's find the tape. It's not that hard. And and I mean, another thing is, I just think this was like the biggest transfer season we'll ever see due to like COVID and the extra year of eligibility and all that stuff. Um, I don't know that we'll ever see this many transfers in a single season ever again. But I do think that this is the new norm where if you've got a mid-major player who can who can go up, they're gonna they're gonna look for those opportunities. I'm not sure there's anything you can do to stop it, honestly. Yeah. So I just think that's 
there's almost no way that can be true is what i'm thinking yeah i saw a um like a off the record quote that was you know an unspecified coach saying like we're done recruiting high school kids basically he was like this is the new way to play Mm -hmm. like you just live in the transfer portal and we're done recruiting high school kids i think maybe jeff goodman or somebody tweeted that like anonymous quote but that's what i think uh, we've we've had uh coaches coaches have been doing that so yeah i mean that's what eric musselman did last year yeah and he's had a history of doing that at nevada too but obviously uh his whole team last year at arkansas was made up with primarily of transfers and obviously they had a five-star freshman but uh that seemed to work out pretty well it took a little bit of time for them to gel but i'm i'm all for that as well i mean if you can find experienced players in the portal who are good enough to move up get in they are ready for an opportunity i don't i don't know why see why that's any different than taking a chance on kind of like mizzou's doing this year taking a chance on a bunch of they have to take a chance on so many different players from all different places they're taking it yeah they're taking a chance on or six freshmen coming in freshmen and transfers alike this year exactly so but i don't know i think i would rather take a chance on on a couple of transfers than a couple of high school students just because i don't know you never know what you're gonna get would you take a chance on me i would okay i would you're worth it wow feel special um yeah uh well that's all the basketball talk i think now we gotta talk about football and unfortunately uh we've had a little bit of an exodus here from mizzou football um but it's not necessarily something to get too concerned about but we'll go through it here um you want to just walk everybody through the departures and then we'll uh talk about a few different aspects of it yeah uh i agree with you it's not really time to panic um we'll see where it where what happens in the next few weeks but the the biggest concern is that a lot of the departures have hit one uh, position in particular um so that's a little bit of, of a concern but the first thing the first domino that fell maybe a few weeks ago was Jadarius perkins um left and he was a a juco cornerback who was pretty highly rated and was a pretty big get and was enrolled at Missouri in January and was there through April or so, and then just randomly, he had second thoughts. Decided to transfer when you know Coach had. I had watched interviews of Coach saying, you know, this kid's got a great work ethic. He's he's doing really well. He's doing all the right things, and so he was in line to potentially start or have a huge role. And so you just don't see a random like transfer like that of a kid who's just only been there for a few months. Um, and then he just committed to Florida a few days ago. So, um, that was a little weird and you just kind of have to wonder what's going on behind the scenes. If there's any tampering involved, who knows, but it just seems, I mean, what is tampering? I mean, that's exactly the the whole game is tampering. I feel like at this point, pretty much. And college kids, you just, and he, he kind of had a history of being a little indecisive even before he committed anywhere. Well, he did commit several places. So he just maybe had a had a hard time making up his mind and what he really wanted i don't i don't know the way i look at it it was going to be a treat to have him and if it you know i think i think he was talented enough to go wherever he wanted just about um and i thought that missouri was lucky to have him and if he stuck at missouri it would have been great but i don't know looking back on it it's like okay well and maybe I don't know. He he wanted to. He didn't stop looking at what his options were once yeah. he arrived on campus. Right. And I don't it's blame just, him. Yeah, it's just an unusual way that it yeah. all went down. But so that that hurts. Uh, and then we got news of Jarvis Ware. 
just a couple days ago uh, wanting to transfer at same position cornerback he was probably going to start um, and he's a guy who's played for two years at Mizzou and has been really really good and is you know has NFL prospects and um, he had a big pick six against Florida last year that was one of his probably biggest plays of last season but uh, he also was also kind of known for for being a talker and uh, maybe celebrating when there wasn't and when it wasn't time to celebrate and that kind of stuff and getting penalties and key moments and stuff and uh, but th- that doesn't take away from how talented of a player he was and so and he got hurt last year I think he tore his ACL or had a significant knee injury and then went home to Florida I believe to rehab and so I think the writing's been on the wall for a little bit about this one just he seemed disconnected from the team a little bit recently and so I don't think anybody was totally shocked by this I don't know where he's going to end up but he'll probably end up somewhere closer to home was he the one that kind of surprised everyone by being the game one starter his freshman year at cornerback like we didn't know exactly how that was going to play out and then randomly Jarvis Ware was starting yeah Um, yeah I think I think you might be right about that actually um he was he was instant impact from from early on which doesn't always happen so yeah I always thought he had just like a excellent d1 college football body like his physicality was just right where it needed to be yeah he was a little taller Mm -hmm. yeah for sure so that that hurts again so there's um you know two of our three most impact uh cornerbacks are suddenly gone uh, and then as well as Chris Mills is a, a reserve cornerback uh, that is also not on the roster anymore. So uh, the cornerback room is interesting. Um, we've got Ennis Rakestraw, who's kind of the anchor of the room right now. And then we've got Ishmael um, Burdine, who hasn't had as much game experience, but he's been in the program for probably two or three years now. And, um, you know, I, I would look for him probably to, to start um, on the other side of Rakestraw. But after that, man, you've got a bunch of freshmen. I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, and I'll, I'll list off the rest of the freshmen here. We've got Dalen Carnell, Davian Sistrunk, Chris Abrams-Drain, who switched over to cornerback, uh, Zaquan Reeves, and Darius Jackson. And that's it. And pretty much all those guys are freshmen. So uh, out of those guys, I would look for Dalen Carnell to probably have a, have a role this season. He was a four-star freshman, true freshman, who enrolled early. So he's been on campus since January and uh he seems like a really smart and talented kid so i would i would be i would expect to see him quite a bit of carnell so if you tell me you know we had Jadarius perkins we had uh jarvis where they're both gone i would first my first thought would be like oh that's probably not good for the cornerbacks but then when i hear you read that list i'm like okay like i'll roll with those guys that doesn't seem awful yeah i mean long term i agree with you i mean i think a lot of those guys are just kind of raw like like athletic kids but and that maybe aren't going to be ready day one though and like especially like Darius Jackson I mean he he's played cornerback for like two years in high school and he was like a you know really really good basketball player in Texas and he's just a supreme athlete but you know you could just tell watching his tape that um, fundamentally he hasn't played the position for very long and some of those things am I wrong in thinking that that's also slightly true of uh Sistrunk as well that he yeah. hasn't played football a ton yeah I, I think a, a number of those guys are probably athletically very gifted but not ready like their body's not ready they're they're they fundamentally are not going to be ready and so it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see how that all falls into place defense needs to get after the quarterback so these guys don't have to cover for very long that's exactly right <laughs> 
And then because we had Chris Sheeran, who I believe was originally a cornerback, and he opted out last year but was the only opt-out to return this year. And But he switched to safety, and so did Jalen Carlisle. And uh, Carlisle was playing cornerback. He was, like, I think starting a couple games at the end of last season. And But he's just a freak athlete and huge body. And so he's just kind of tailor-made almost for that safety position. I think he's going to probably fill in for Tyree Gillespie. So, and I don't know if he could switch back to cornerback if we were desperate enough, but I've heard great things from the coaches about him at, uh, at safety. So I think he'll probably stay there. Mm. Man, defensive secondary, like, I don't know, it's such an important piece of the puzzle. And I could definitely see early on, maybe the experience not being there and there being some struggles. Honestly, though, like you can cover that up pretty well with a solid pass rush. So mm-hmm. if we can get that going, then that will that that I will can, save some games for Missouri. Yeah, if they can have a good enough pass rush to cover up defici- deficiencies on the backside. Yeah, I mean the the secondary is easily going to be the biggest question mark this season, and not only with all these departures but just it was already going to be a question mark just because we're replacing two nfl caliber safeties and we're having a little bit of a scheme change yeah um yeah we're for gonna sure. be playing more zone so yeah it's gonna be nobody's gonna know what to expect i think on on day one but um i don't want to put you on the spot here too much but what do you think is the mindset of the coaching staff with these departures are they do you think they're just you know ready next man up we love these freshmen what are they actually thinking though like that's what they would say publicly are they worried about this or are they thinking whatever we've got guys i i would say i think they're worried and um maybe not like panic level but i think they've been looking for secondary players already in the transfer portal even before some of these guys announced so i think they knew jarvis ware would probably uh, not be here this season but i think they were probably blindsided by perkins just a guess but I, I think they are definitely um, uncomfortable probably with the current room, um, but I do think that they could improve their situation um, by you know, pro- in the next few weeks. There are a couple of guys out there in the transfer portal, and, uh, a, and Mizzou has a significant tie to some of those players because there's two, actually there's three guys um, in the secondary from Tulsa who have announced their intentions to transfer and Tulsa, you might not think of as a football uh, powerhouse, but they have had a really, really good secondary in the last few years. And a lot of that has to do with their cornerbacks coach, Aaron Fletcher, who uh, conveniently was hired by Mizzou <laughs> um, recently. So Aaron Fletcher has a great track record of, of success at Tulsa. He worked there for six years, and uh, they had one of the best pass defenses in the country in the past few years. Uh, he coached Reggie Robinson, who was their first draft pick in 10 years, and I think 2019 was, was when he was drafted. So he has um, kind of elevated that, that program there in Tulsa. But they've got three guys, most notably is a Caleb Evans, and he is going to be highly sought after. But he is an, ele- he, he is an, an NFL caliber cornerback uh, who would probably be a plug-and-play guy. He would probably start immediately at Mizzou. Um, if he were to transfer here and then Ali Green is the other guy who's probably the second most touted name and then Ryan Nixon is the third one so there's three Tulsa cornerbacks out there I would be probably I'd be pretty surprised if we didn't have at least one of those guys come up to Mizzou just with their their relationship with Aaron Fletcher I think that's huge 
Yeah, I was reading an article in the uh, and TulsaWorld.com. Um, there is uh, they were talking about Evans, the one you said was the most uh, highly touted. Um, he reportedly has received offers from Notre Dame and Texas already, um, and he has two years of eligibility. And Green has one year left and reported an offer from Louisiana Tech. And Ryan Nixon. Uh, reported an offer from San Jose State, and Nixon is originally from California. Uh, but they also, the last paragraph of this article says, cornerback uh, has been a strong position for the Hurricanes in recent years. A significant reason for the success there was assistant Aaron Fletcher, who left from Missouri in December. Yeah, I mean, they were a top 25 team at one point last year, uh, Tulsa was, and uh, their the strength of their team absolutely was their, was their secondary. So, uh, another just beautiful move, apparently, at least it seems so far, uh, by Coach Trinkwitz by hiring Aaron Fletcher. That was just uh, such a smart hire, and I don't know if you could ever foresee, you know, w- these kind of issues and these departures, you know, six months ago whenever he hired him. But if there was some way he he knew that uh, maybe he could get some of those those guys from Tulsa to transfer up because he might have some some departures, that that was just that's unreal. Yeah, I didn't look far enough into this, but I don't know. I wonder if uh, Fletcher, I wonder how much, how big of a hand he had in recruiting those guys um, and the previous cornerbacks that have been successful there. Yeah, uh, well, he, he worked there for six years, so I would say that he was, he's been there the whole time that they've been there. Yeah. I don't know how much about their specific recruiting process. Mm-hmm. but Well, sounds like we got an option there. Um, that would just be almost too perfect if that worked out that way especially when Evans reportedly has offers from Notre Dame and Texas. But hopefully there's a good relationship there with um, Aaron Fletcher and they come on over to Columbia. That would be pretty nice. Um, so then is that, uh, is that all the transfers on the defensive side? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay, so then the big one on the offensive side is wide receiver Jalen Knox. And um, I don't know what to think about this one. I thought last year that maybe coach Drinkwitz kind of unlocked Jalen Knox to an extent because I think maybe he wasn't being utilized perfectly um in previous seasons and man it really seemed like he was the type of player that Drinkwitz really wants in his offensive system that can kind of do everything um can is fast enough to go deep can has sure hands and can do some gadget plays out of the backfield on like end arounds and stuff so I thought he had a bright future at Missouri um this would have been his junior season yeah so yeah this was a bummer um Jalen Knox was um one of my favorite recruits coming in in whatever class that was probably 2018 or something like that um I loved his versatility and in high school he played running back and wide receiver and just kind of did it all and um, was just a playmaker and um, I, I yeah I agree with you and I think Barry Odom um, I think he was a little bit misused in in the Barry Odom era and he played on the outside a lot and <clears throat> he had a couple of nice plays notably uh, that one he had a touch nice touchdown catch against Alabama whenever Drew Locke was still playing and uh, but I just think that he was best utilized on the inside kind of in the slot like he was um, last year and uh, yeah I mean he had some really good moments and he kind of he flashed at times and he also had some issues with drops and stuff but as did apparently everybody else on the team so I, I was I was disappointed to uh, to see him him leave for sure 
Yeah, I pulled up his stats here, and actually his freshman season, uh, well, if you combine rushing stats, then this past year was um, on par with his freshman year. But freshman year, 27 receptions for 419 yards, three touchdowns, and uh, 11 yards on the ground. Then most recently, 31 receptions for 305 yards, no touchdowns, but also 12 rushing attempts for 95 yards and a touchdown. 31 receptions last year? Yeah. Wow. That was significantly more than I was thinking. But, yeah, it's a bummer. Um, I don't know if that has anything to do with uh, the competition in the room. I don't know. You know, Dominic Lovett and and Mookie Cooper are are looming. And I I think especially Cooper probably plays the same position that Knox probably, uh, the same role that he fills probably. And um, it's very possible that he felt surpassed in the depth chart and – um, you know, that's in some ways that's a good thing for, for Missouri and that, that Cooper is, is looking promising, but, uh, still hate to see Knox go. Yeah. If that's the case, then that's, um, from a fan point of view, then that's going to be the easiest potentially of all these transfers. That's going to be the easiest one to get over because if you've got a guy that's doing the same thing better, then you're going to forget about Knox pretty quick. But if there's a, Jalen Knox sized hole in the offense this coming season then we're gonna be thinking about thinking about that quite a bit but as it sits right now I would predict more towards everything being fine with the receiver group um and I don't know we'll see I'll be interested to see what kind of well and there is another wrinkle to this I believe he's not officially in the transfer portal he's just not with the Mm. team yeah I think you're right so that's interesting i mean usually when we're hearing about this it's because somebody found their name in the transfer portal Mm -hmm. um or was alerted to that so yeah that's just a a slightly different scenario than a couple of the other guys Mm -hmm. yeah i don't really know what that could mean actually but um i agree i think that the offense is uh, more well equipped to handle this departure probably than the defense is at this point yeah and you know something like this last year would have been way more uh concerning yeah. than this year yeah i think that this is just an, a normal part of uh you know a new coach has been here for a year i think it's really pretty normal for their for departures to happen and um for guys to to look for other opportunities and maybe they just don't vibe with the new coaching staff or maybe they felt surpassed on the depth chart um, and just with the scholarship situation with guys staying around longer than is normal, you know, some of those fifth year seniors and stuff, like I'm just not really sure what's going to happen with the scholarship situation. I don't know if the NCAA is going to come in and say, you got to get back to this number, uh, by this time. I, I really don't know what's going to happen, but I, I just think that they probably don't know. They probably don't <laughs> either, but the, I just think some of these departures are, are normal and expected. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with you. Um, so any other anybody else leaving the program that we need to talk about is in in a different scenario like a different year this would be very worrying that we're sitting here on at almost june 1st talking about all these players leaving the program but it does feel for some reason today we're just like well i think we'll be okay it does feel a little bit late for some of this stuff to happen um and just because of our potential opportunities to replace some of these guys i think i feel okay but We'll see how we feel in a, in a few weeks. If, if none of these holes have been filled, and uh, I don't know, we'll, we'll just we'll have to see how it goes. But I, I think that um, we're in a pretty good spot where we genuinely trust the coaching staff yeah. 
and that's a good place to be and um it has has not always been the case so right yeah uh, okay so just go with me here for a second i'm reminded of like early conzo martin tenure on the basketball side where it was like he could do no wrong for a little while and then you know things would start to happen you know and you're like okay like i don't know i just felt like he bought himself so much goodwill in that first year that you could look past any thing that would typically be more troubling mm-hmm. and i wonder if we're in the same place with Drinkwitz, and it'll be interesting to see kind of how that trajectory or how that unfolds if he can keep it up because you know injuries are a huge part of Conzo martin's time at missouri but uh just the objective success whether it's wins or recruiting ranking or players you're getting um it definitely dropped off after that first season oh yeah and but you're able to look back to that first season and be like okay yeah you know it's okay you know he bought himself time and Drinkwitz right now is at that spot where he's done nothing wrong yeah and obviously we we aren't even to the second season of games yet Mm -hmm. to see what's going to happen yeah it seems like he's had even far more constant successes and like moments of just like wow we're lucky to have this guy than Conzo even did in his first year but I agree with you yeah that that first year of Conzo Martin was like holy cow this guy is like amazing all of our uh, dreams come true yes and uh, I gotta say whenever I was thinking like we trust the football coaching staff I wasn't gonna say it but basketball coaching staff i'm not sure i can trust them right now just with some of the the decisions they've made but that's a conversation for another day yeah it's, i mean it's a lot easier to question them and that's yeah that's exactly what i'm saying like um you know we might just be two years away from being in the same position with the coaching staff like okay uh, you know if, if we were looking at a situation like this two years from now it might be a lot easier to be like what's going on here are we mm-hmm. we're we losing it yeah but yeah uh, i think just the the turbulent uh, uh just all the situations going on just in the world in general. I think all of that has just been like, yep, we expect some, we just expect this kind of stuff. And yep. as long as uh, we maintain our, our key players and uh, are still moving forward to the fall, I think that we're, I think we're on the right track. I still say pass rush solves everything. Yeah. Get to the quarterback. Get to the, and meet, <laughs> the, meet at the QB. Everything will be fine. Um, okay, Kyle, I have one other thing that I want to talk to you about. It's uh, we've talked about it in parts on the podcast before, but um, it's becoming more and more likely. I mean, it, it's basically happening. The NCAA is moving towards a different system where players can profit from their own likeness and image. And um, Coach Drinkwitz has even been in the news recently, like lobbying for that concept, basically. And I still, I don't know, I just kind of want to toss around some ideas of how that might work because I still get back to this point in my head where I see, um, and maybe somebody listening knows the ins and outs of a projected plan better than I do, but I always get back to the this point where the Missouri Sports Podcast says we want Luther Burden to be <laughs> the face of our podcast. And we do. And we're going to give him $10 million to be the face of the Missouri sports podcast if he comes to Mizzou and that's okay now if you're able to profit off your likeness and image but in the past that would have been obvious recruiting violations yeah and that's kind of a silly example but imagine the you know Tuscaloosa 
car dealership, you know, the Chevy dealership in Tuscaloosa, like needing a big time player to put on all their billboards mm-hmm. and you know, whatever it is, the yeah. local restaurant chain or something. Right. Yeah. I do think it's going to feel like the wild, wild west at first. If, if that's truly like how it's going to work, if they're just going to unleash it. I d- and like you said, I don't know all the ins and outs of how it's going to be regulated, but, or if it's going to be regulated at all, I don't know. But um, I would say it is going to be a little bit jarring at first. Whenever we see like college players, just like um, like specific college players being used in advertising and stuff like that, like a professional. Um, and I guess I just wonder if that kind of stuff isn't already happening where just without the, the product in return. Yeah, like, no, that, that probably is. And and someone could I'm not even trying to say like this would be bad for college right. football because it would make alabama more dominant yeah like you can't be more exactly dominant than i guess that's is. my point is like what are we afraid of like yeah. alabama being really good yeah like it's just it'll just be very fascinating to see how that actually goes down like i've, I've thought through like okay the ncaa could say like you can do something on your own mm-hmm. to profit off of your likeness but you can't involve another business or something yeah but then what does that look like you make a t-shirt with your face on it and somebody in tuscaloosa or columbia says you make that shirt I guarantee you I will buy X amount of them. Mm -hmm. Like you have this guaranteed purchase of this amount. And then, so there's just going to be so many ways to like, yeah. Like if the rules aren't super concrete, you don't, you're not going to have to concrete rules. Yeah. The only concrete rule, the only thing now is like, you just can't do this. Yeah. And like, yeah, it probably happens. Right. There's just going to be so many ways to not have to actually do anything and just get money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, Maybe that's fine. Like, I don't care, really. But it is fascinating. And I just wonder, surely somebody in the NCAA offices is, like, worrying about this issue. <laughs> yeah. And maybe they don't need to worry about it. And maybe we yeah. don't need to worry about it. It's just whatever. Like, It's just going to be different. It's going to yeah. be strange to be like, oh, all these. Honestly, it's probably going to be like, oh, this definitely was, like, kind of set up already. And yeah. Like, the infrastructure of this happening is, like, already there. And now you're just, like seeing it yeah yeah kids are gonna roll into campus day one and then simultaneously like the billboards are going up for the, for <laughs> yeah. the car dealership or whatever yeah, like, wait I, a sec. I don't think they would do that for recruits like I don't, you would never see a recruit on an advertisement i wouldn't think but not until they commit as, yeah. as mm-hmm. soon as they are a student i'm sure right. yeah yeah i don't know it just yeah. is fascinating i don't know if you have any other thoughts about it kyle but yeah, it just seems like one of those things we've been talking about for a, for a long time, just in general. Um, it's just been in the works for so many years, but it does seem to have garnered some some traction for sure. And it's it's crazy that I'm not sure that that would have passed without Coach Drinkwitz really lobbying for that in Missouri. I'm not sure we're talking about it if, if Coach wasn't um, really lobbying for it hard. Well, yeah, and he must uh, – I don't know. You, you'd think maybe he's just thinking that's the right thing to do by his players is mm-hmm. to get them this opportunity. But I don't know. There's no way this isn't used as a way to recruit. Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so, a PR thing too. Yeah. And he's always thinking about that. Yeah. But I don't know. If you asked him, he'd probably just say, oh, I'm just trying to – help my players get a better deal out of this whole thing Mm -hmm. and that's admirable but you know i don't know if if coaches are getting behind it then they have to think it's going to help them somehow it's going to turn into more wins for them um in some way or else they maybe if you ask them directly they would say yeah i like that idea but they wouldn't be actively lobbying for it if they didn't think 
it would help them Benefit somehow. Them. Yeah. Well, yeah, to think, to, to be able to say we were the first, we were one of the first states to move toward this and we've been progressive here and in the, in this thinking, then I, that's gotta be uh, something that you want to pitch to. Yeah, well, I, I was going to say even that in itself, just yeah. being like, oh yeah, we're the cool, yep. we're the cool state that's like, yeah, we want this to be a thing that you guys have. Yeah. And that is kind of a draw in itself, I guess. Yeah. I didn't actually think about it that way. I was thinking about it more like we are, we have this specific <laughs> <Yeah>. deal already <laughs> yeah. set up that you could take advantage of, but more just being like, yeah, coming to Missouri, we've got this new rule, you know, who knows what'll happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, well, we'll see what we can scrounge together to get a, get somebody to be yeah. the face of the podcast, but we may not probably be. not Luther Burden. <laughs> I don't know if he can afford For that. Ten million. Oh <laughs> <laughs> well, Kyle, this is a, a shorter episode, but uh, oh, you forgot one more thing. Oh, what is it? <laughs> you forgot Jordan Clarkson once again. Oh my gosh, that's it. I did that on purpose just to like stay on brand. Oh right, so. right, right yeah, <laughs> yeah. Jordan Clarkson, sixth man of the year, made it official. Yep. And uh, Michael Porter Jr. was a finalist for most improved player, but I don't actually Julius Randle. Yeah, I figured he would win it. He just had an incredible season. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Jordan Clarkson. Not the most efficient player this year, but um, that's often not what you're looking for with like a six man. You just need a guy to come in and run the uh, second team and score some buckets. And he was absolutely doing that all season. Jazz, they've got a they've got a shot to to win it all, man. Like. Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, who else do they have? There's there's a, other they basketball have, players. They have a they have like a big three. They have a, th- a third player that I'm forgetting, but Jordan and Clarkson. Jordan Clarkson as well. So uh, they are they are stacked. And Quinn Snyder. Oh yeah, at I the mean, helm. Did he win Coach of the Year? I don't know if they announced it yet. Uh, they've announced that other one, but not that. Yeah, they they announced them like days apart. The NBA just has to drag everything they out. They do as long as possible. They really do. <laughs> Year long season basically. Uh, yeah, I guess, yeah, they have not announced coach of the year yet. Maybe by June or maybe by uh, July we'll know. Next week. Yep. All right, everybody. That's all I got for him. That's all I got for him. Okay. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We're on Twitter at Missouri Sports Pod, and you can email us at Missouri Sports Pod at gmail.com. You can find our t-shirts and stickers on our online shop, Missouri Sports Pod.bigcartel.com. Or you can hop over on to our Patreon and subscribe for the level that gets you the merch. And another one. <laughs> if you hop in the YouTube comments and guess how many pin flips Cameron had this week, we'll send you some stickers. First person to guess right. You gotta well, get who's keeping track of this? I'm going to go through and watch oh, it. Oh, my goodness. I, like 100? Does it still count as I'm like this still counts? Uh, this yeah. What does this count as? Nothing? No, it's You always gotta make it complicated. <laughs> no, no, just the, the Okay pin okay. twice. All right. Guess guess the correct number. First person to get it will send you some stickers. All right. There will be I'm predicting zero guess attempts. Well. <laughs> Prove me wrong. <laughs> Thank you everyone for listening. We will see you next week. <laughs>